Hello, horse guys and gals. Welcome back. Feels like it's been a long time, but I took last week off, if anybody noticed, um, just between everyone else was taking the week between Christmas and New Year's off. So I was like, you know what? I'll take it off too. So I did. So there was no episode last week. And then yesterday, I completely did not realize that it was Thursday yesterday, which is when I usually try to post these videos or episodes, but I was, it was like 6 p.m. Actually, I think I was getting in bed and I was thinking about making this episode tomorrow. And so I was looking at my phone and I was like, unless today was Thursday, I don't think it was Thursday today, was it? And then I looked, I was like, yep, it was Thursday today. So it's a day late. It's a week and a day late. So my apologies, but we're here anyway. And, you know, I don't think anyone was living or dying on my episode yesterday. But anywho, hope you guys have had a great New Year's season um, and holiday season. If you guys celebrated the Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you celebrate. Um, I'm officially done with all the holidays. I have like four sets of family. So there's always like so many events to try and get to through the holiday season. But we're done with that now. So yeah, I've been like organizing, putting all of my Christmas stuff away. I've been really debating because I got some clothes for Christmas, like decluttering my closet. But I have finally got all of my Christmas stuff put away and all of the clutter like somewhat organized in my room that decluttering my closet will just make another mess. <laughs> and I just want to enjoy my clean room. So the struggle's real. Um, but yeah, I... I haven't had too eventful of a new year so far. We don't really ever go out for New Year's, but we actually did this year. Um, I've never really been like a partier or anything like that for New Year's. Never really had enough friends to do such. So I've never really, you know, it's never been a big deal for New Year's for me. But this year we actually did go out for a little bit. We were home by like nine o'clock, but we went out for a little bit with um, Thomas's brother and some of his friends. So it was nothing crazy. We went to um sorry. <laughs> I just saw a message come up and now I'm trying to think what we even did. We went to eat. Um, we had Mexican and then we went next door to this like arcade. Oh yeah, I remember what we did now. <laughs> we went next door to this arcade. Um my boyfriend is a gamer. And so was his brother. And so there was like this little arcade right next to the restaurant we ate at. So we went and played at this arcade for a little while. And I will say it was pretty cool. They had like all of the games, like the machine. What do you call those? I don't even know. Um, like some old style ones. And then after that, we went to play laser tag. So Thomas is very obsessed with laser tag. And it's one of his favorite activities at the moment. And, you know, I don't mind going like it's it's fun, um, although we go like every single month and that's a little bit much for me. But it's, you know, it's a good time, whatever. Um, it's a lot more fun if you've had a few drinks beforehand, because I'm not a competitive person. I think we may have talked about this before in the in my videos or in the podcast, which is why I don't really show that much. Uh, because I'm just not competitive. I never was growing up in the sports that I did play. 
Um, I mean, in volleyball, I did more because it was like a team effort, you know, but in track, because track is like an individual sport. If I lost, I was like, "Mm, that sucks. Moving on. (laughs) And I just like really didn't care. I'm just really not competitive. Um, And yeah, I don't know if that stems from some sort of childhood trauma or like feeling like you always lose. So you may as well accept it. But yeah, I just... I would always lose and I was very slow in track. So I, I would lose a lot. And so eventually I was just like, yeah, okay. And so, yeah, in my adulthood, I am super not competitive either, but like when I have a few drinks, it's not even that I'm more competitive. It's just more that like, I'm less anxious or like, I don't know. I do have, I don't have like an anxiety disorder or anything. I'm not you know, gonna say that, but like, I do get anxious and just kind of closed off and very reserved. But when I have a few drinks, I am much more relaxed and willing to have a good time. And I don't really care what other people are thinking. So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But anyways, enough about laser tag. Um, It's the new year. So everybody's making these resolutions. And I don't know about y'all, but I've never really been a resolution maker. Actually, that's a lie. I I have definitely made resolutions in the past. I have some videos on my YouTube channel on like my horsey New Year's revolutions resolutions um, from past years. But I honestly like last year I stopped doing that because I just like I get tired of making plans and like making these staple things that have to happen. And then they don't later on, whether that be from unforeseen circumstances or just my plans change or something doesn't work out. And then I feel like I I almost have this sense of failure because I didn't come through with those resolutions or I didn't meet those goals or whatever. So I stopped making it last year. Um, those videos last year because I was like, you know what, whatever the year brings is what the year is going to bring. And I'm just going to roll with it. And we're, we're just going to see where we go. And honestly, I think that's a lot healthier of a mindset to have. Not that there's anything wrong with like setting small goals for yourself, but I feel like if you don't meet those goals or things don't go as planned, like it's okay. Like that's fine too. (laughs) At least that's where I'm at in my life in my early twenties. I'm just kind of like, you know what, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen and I'll make a new goal. So yeah. Anyway, I would say if I did have any resolutions this year, my main things like for this season, this writing season is just getting Hazel and Oakley. Um, really seasoned, like getting them broke for sure. Like I want to be riding both of them, um, this year. And I, I definitely for sure see that happening with Oakley. I don't know how long Hazel's going to take, so I'm not going to push it. I'm not going to set these high standards because I know that Hazel is going to be a really tough horse. And I do plan to, you know, film her process and stuff, but I know that she's going to be really tough and I know she's going to be tough because I haven't done anything with her pretty much all winter. When I brought her home in July, I did do like just some groundwork and stuff with her just to keep her stimulated and like 
not necessarily in a routine, but she wasn't just sitting, forgetting everything. Well, now it's been several months of winter and I really don't work my horses through the winter. I mean, occasionally if we get some really nice weather, I will, but winter is kind of my horse's seasonal retirement where they can just take a break and I can take a break. I can focus on, you know, my day job and saving up some money for my, you know, summer horse events and stuff like that. So I know that Hazel is going to be tough because she's been sitting and she is one of those horses that like her, her last owners told me this too. If she sits, you'll get her out and she will act like she forgot everything. She has no idea. So I know that her confidence is going to be really low and she's going to be really tough, which I'm taking full responsibility for. I already know that this is going to happen because of my (laughs) actions, but we will work through it. She will come back slowly, but surely. Um, but Oakley, I think honestly will pick up really fast. She is such a smart mare and I think she's going to be a really cool horse. I really do. Um, and I don't think she's going to be too hard to get going. She has picked up everything so quick. She is just, she, she does have confidence. I can tell that I have definitely instilled confidence in her because she, the more that I worked with her through the summer and fall, the more I could throw at her and her like really stop and think about it. So she never had any like ugly moments and everything went really smoothly with her. So we're, I'm going to hope to continue that. And um, hopefully maybe my friend Mel can come help me with them this year. I know definitely Hazel's going to need it. I don't think I'm probably going to be trying to mount her or anything while I'm home alone. But but yeah, so let's see. What else do I want to do this year? I would like to obviously going on as many trail rides as possible. I think that's on my list every year. Um, I am going to be working with another horse, Mesa. Um, and she belonged to my borders. And when my borders moved their horses for the summer, they were letting somebody else ride her. And when they came back, they had explained to me that the person that was riding her just kind of developed some bad habits in her and she's basically just a big ball of anxiety now so she's also going to be a little bit of a project she is already broke I don't know how well broke she is um she's also probably pregnant she's probably bred um because I watched her get bred to that stud that they had here last year um and so she's probably pregnant but I'm going to be riding her and trying to get her back into a good mindset and probably trail riding her and stuff like that. So yeah, that's going to be exciting to hopefully get her back into a good place. I want to go to some shows. I actually was thinking today, I don't know if it's going to happen, so don't quote me, but our local saddle club put out their um, show dates for the year today. And I saw that in May, they're having the Cowgirl Queen. I think, I don't know if it's the contest or the, I don't know what there's, they do the Cowgirl Queen, like they announce them, I think at the first show. And then later they all compete against each other or whatever. I really debated doing that last year and I chickened out. (laughs) Um, I've never done a Cowgirl Queen contest. I've never I've never really been a big shower, so I just never felt like I had a horse that was broke enough, that I knew what I was doing enough. I never felt like, I just never thought I could do it. So 
I'm really debating again this year if I want to try to do the Cowgirl Queen contest. I would most likely be doing it on BB. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll see. I don't know. I might ask uh, my old barn owner because she is a big shower if maybe she would give me some pointers or give me a few lessons and kind of get me started. But I did watch last year a little bit of the Cowgirl Queen um, type of stuff. And they have to do, I'm pretty sure they have to do like trail and they have to do, I don't know, some different classes and compete against each other. And then they obviously do their salute and stuff like that. So we'll see. I don't know. I might look it up and do some more research on it later, but I'm really thinking about it. So yeah. Um, I would like to do some more endurance events, especially now that this year, since I know what's wrong with BB, I, I of course wanted to do some last year too. And I could have done them on a different horse, but BB has already been conditioned and stuff. And so she, it was my endurance horse, but since last year she was having all of that weight issues, I didn't like want to keep pushing her or since I didn't know what was wrong with her, I wasn't really going to endurance events. I think I did like two. So this year, now that I know what's wrong with her and how I can help her and maintenance her, um, I want to get back into it and try to go to a few more, um, you know, when I can in between. I am working a five-day work week now at my new job. So the weekends are going to be my, my literal only time to like slow down and relax. So I do want to try and keep in mind that like I don't have to go to every show. I don't have to go to every trail ride. I don't have to go to every endurance event. I can take a weekend now and again to just like do nothing or just relax at home with my horses. Um, Midwest Horse Fair is in April, so I'm really looking forward to that. I don't know when the Iowa Horse Fair is. Um, I don't know if I've seen it yet, but I hopefully will be at both. So if you guys are attending any of them, uh, let me know down below and, you know, I could hopefully see some of you there. Um, and I think what else? I know there are some clinics that are scheduled for the year that I would like. I went to a Matthew Job clinic in April this year or last year, I guess, um, April 2022, I went to a Matthew Job horsemanship clinic and I really, really liked him. And I see that he's doing, I don't know if it's the same clinic or not. He's doing another clinic nearby here again in April. So I would like to attend it if I can afford it at the time um, because I, I really liked his input. So we'll see if that happens or not. <laughs> I am kind of recovering my bank account because this last whole summer, since February last year, I guess almost a year, I went from working full time to working like 15 hours a week, like if that. So the summertime like or the last year has kind of dwindled down my bank account a little bit. So I'm really trying to like save my money and try to recover that. I also want to buy like a living quarters trailer at some point in my life because I don't want to camp in my livestock trailer forever. So I want to try to save some money so that this year or next year I could buy something with either a tack room or a living quarters. I could always convert like a tack area into a living quarters um, or just at least put a bed and like some cabinets or something in there. But 
yeah, those are just some like some ideal goals that I would like to see happen in 2023. If they don't, they don't. But, you know, it'd be nice, you know, thinking about it now in the winter. But anywho, I did have a couple of Facebook posts that I wanted to read today. I saw these just today and I saved them. Um, because I really like getting on here on these Facebook groups because these groups on Facebook, you guys, I don't know why people think that Facebook is old school. Nobody uses Facebook anymore. What I am on Facebook all the time, every single day. I'm scrolling Facebook all day long. It's kind of bad, but I'm on it all the time. These horse groups, like if you need advice on literally anything, there's a horse group for it. Like I'm, I'm a part of like some hoof care groups, some plant or not plant-based. <laughs> what is it? Forage-based nutrition groups. I am a part of barn owner groups. And then I joined that halflinger group and there are thousands and thousands of people in every single one. I'm part of multiple tax sale groups, um, and multiple, like just horse groups for my area that I live in. There's Iowa horses, there's Midwest horse chat, there's all kinds of like massive horse groups and people are posting on these things all day, every day. So I do not believe that Facebook is dead. I don't know why people think that, (laughs) but they're wrong. So if you don't use Facebook, you know, whatever. But if, if you have an account and you like want to get on there to get into the horse communities, there is so many of them and they're so big and yeah. And honestly, I don't think people are that mean to each other. I know I've had some people in my life that don't join them because they're like, ah, horse people are so mean. And I'm like, not really. Like, at least not in my experience on here. And if somebody, like, makes a comment, it's usually not unwarranted. Not to say there isn't rude people. Like, some people can be rude. Every once in a while, you'll see a comment that's like, okay, that was uncalled for. But you just scroll past it and, like, move on with your life. But it's not, like, that common. And I don't think. Okay. Anyways, this, um, this person posted in this horse barn group that I'm in. And this, this group is like mainly for people that own or run their own barns or are building a barn or whatever. Um, and I joined this group because I was like, well, I have borders and in the future I would like to have more borders and I've worked at lots of boarding facilities. So I thought it would be helpful. Well, this person posts a picture of one of those patio heaters. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, they make these patio heaters that are literally like they're long rectangular heaters that are literally just a heating element um, with maybe like a small cage over it, but they just mount on the side of a wall or, you know, onto your patio or whatever and they just blast radiant heat and they are extremely hot um i've even been to some restaurants that like have them outside on their patios like the pedestal style ones that look like a big lamp and they just radiate so much heat and you actually get like hot sitting under them so they make they make ones that are like long and rectangular and you can mount them on the side of your patio or whatever so it heats your outdoor area for you So this person posts one of these, a picture of one of these, and she 
says, I have boarders wanting something like this in the barn to keep their horses warm. I am 100% against it, but I am told this is safe, question mark. Just to play devil's advocate, does anyone actually use something like this? So I'm going to read the comments here. And honestly, I scanned through the comments a little bit earlier, and they weren't very nice. Um, a lot of people are saying, like, my God, they're horses. I would tell them they're perfectly designed to handle the weather. If they aren't using blankets, they can pay to have more hay fed. Um, let's see. I can see the point over a wash rack, but not over stalls or in constant use. Sounds like a severe pneumonia waiting to happen. Are these electric? If so, I'd be very cautious with using them all the time. Animals slowly acclimate to winter weather, but if using an electric heat source and the power goes out, well, now you have cold horses who have not acclimated to the colder temps. But like I said, maybe in a wash rack for occasional use, but other than that, it would be a no for me. I have one in my barn and I've had it for 30 years. It's great. You should want to give a bath during the colder seasons and you want them to dry quickly. Never any issues with it and I keep it hung above where I cross tie my horses. Making an area where borders can be warm indoors makes sense if you have the ability, but horses certainly don't need it. Um, horses are so much better in the winter than summer. They need to suck it up to have the best and healthiest horses. No power in my barns planned that way. They can go board in a heated barn. <laughs> so those are just some of the comments. Um, it's kind of leaning both ways. Like, obviously, some people say that they have them and they work great. My concern is, like, these patio heaters get extremely hot. I mean, we sold them at the retail store that I used to work at. And like I said, I've sat by them like at restaurants or whatever before and they get really, really hot. And I would be worried about putting this over a horse's stall for one, because they get so hot and you obviously have the risk of fires. But if your horse is in a stall and it's only in a 12 by 12 area, if they are getting hot and they can't move away from the heat source, like... You're probably going to have a horse that is too hot. Um, and obviously it's like outside in a winter heated barn. But these heaters are just radiant, right? They're not like a fan. They don't have a fan where they're blowing the heat. It is literally just beating heat. So your horse can't really, if they're in a stall, they're not really going to be able to move away from it. If they are getting too warm and want to cool off somewhere, they can't get away from it. So... I don't think I would like it for that reason, just because I have experienced how warm they get. Um, if they are electric, I can't really tell if these ones in her picture have, I mean, they have to be electric. There's no propane hookup to them. So they've got to be like electric. I cannot imagine how much these would cost to run all the time um, and would be dangerous to run all the time because I'm sure they use a lot of watts and if you're plugging them into just like outlets, like your outlets can only handle so many watts at a time. So definitely not something to run all the time. I personally kind of agree with the people in the comments that are like, if your horse, if their horses aren't like using blankets already, then they can pay to have more hay fed to their horses to stay warm. Because even though your barn isn't heated, I know pe that there are people that like to have a heated stall barn 
and whatever. And that's totally fine if like that's your facility and that's what you want to put in. But if you're boarding somewhere and you don't want to move your horses to a heated barn, use blankets. Like there are people, I see people all the time using blankets at the old barn that I worked at. Um, recently we had horses in the winter time and we only kept the barn at like 40 degrees at night. So it's not like it was really warm. They were double blanketed or something so that they didn't get a fluffy coat. Not that I love that either, but it's like, it's more than possible to keep a short coat on your horse, especially if they're coming in at night or in all the time. So if they're coming into a stall at all, like it's probably pretty easy to keep a short coat on your horse if that's what these people are going for um but yeah I I have only ever been in barns that have um like a furnace like a blowing furnace on the ceiling and um at the last barn before that they had propane heaters like the radiant propane heaters along the ceiling which were not near as hot as like a patio heater I mean, you could definitely feel the warmth if you stood right under them, but they were not, like, uncomfortably hot by any means. Um, okay, and the next post is actually an older one. I'm not sure why it came up, but it's a post from 2020. But I thought it was it was still a good one, and so we're just, we're going to read it. So this gal posts in um, this Halflingers Worldwide group that I joined because I had a halflinger one time. Hi, everyone. This is my first post. I need help. A while ago, I joyfully became a horse owner for the first time when I purchased a gorgeous halflinger mare, 10 years old. She was supposed to be well-trained school horse, able to ride Western English trail and jump a bit as well. Well, six weeks later, I'm afraid to ride her because I've fallen off twice at the mounting block. She's super spooky as well. I've read so many great things about halflingers. What am I doing wrong? My coach says, be patient, but I'm losing hope she'll ever be the loving companion and reliable horse I need. So this lady does post a picture of her and her horse. And she is, I would say, probably 40s. I mean, she's a middle-aged woman. So she's not like a young gal or anything that can fall off probably (laughs) every day and be fine. Um. She does look like a middle-aged woman that probably falling off really takes a toll on her body. So this post says the horse was supposed to be a well-trained school horse, able to ride Western English trail and jump. Now, here's what I'm going to say about that, because I feel like people kind of get away with this um, sly kind of wordage when they advertise their horses for sale well-trained school horse able to ride western english trail and jump a well-trained horse doesn't mean an easy to ride horse and i will um reference fallon taylor with my point here because fallon taylor i watch her channel and she makes it clear in a lot of her videos that her horses are not easy to ride and obviously her horses are freaking championship athletes like they're amazingly trained very extensively trained animals but that doesn't make them easy to ride at all um you have to be a very skilled very coordinated very 
experienced horsemen to be able to ride her horses. You have to know those horses. You have to know how they're trained, etc. Anyway, my point is that just because a horse is well-trained does not make them easy to ride, does not make them beginner-friendly, does not make them a confidence builder or anything like that. So, um, when you, if you are looking at buying a horse or if you want to purchase a horse in the near future, keep in mind that when you're looking at these ads, just because something is very well-trained or, you know, has been shown a lot or anything, you know, um, the higher experience level does not, not make the horse easy to ride. In fact, it can sometimes mean the opposite. Um, the horse can ride Western English trail and jump. Same thing. That doesn't make them an easy horse to ride. Just because you can ride them Western, you can ride them English. You still have to know how to ride that horse. And, you know, sometimes that might be too much for a beginner. Anywho, six weeks later, she's afraid to ride her because she's fallen off twice at the mounting block and the horse is very spooky. Now, I will say there have been some horsemen in my life that have pressured me to get on and start riding my horses sooner than what I think is necessary or is right. Um, so she's only had this horse six weeks. I'm assuming by her post. So she may have started riding this horse right away when she brought it home. Personally, I always let my horses settle in for a couple weeks. Um, some people say they only let the horses settle in for a couple days and that's fine. If the horse is ready, they'll let you know. If you feel like the horse is ready, use your gut instinct. But I always, I let horses settle in for like a couple weeks, really get to figure out their routine, um, their surroundings, get comfortable in their new area, get to know me a little bit and just have a no pressure environment while they are learning their new space and their new home. Um, okay, let's read some of the comments on this post because there is a lot of them. Um, first person says, sounds like, sounds to me like you need some confidence. Halflingers are super smart. And if you aren't doing much with her, she probably has more energy than she needs. Lunch her for a few days and have your trainer there when you mount. Ride in a protected area. I'd start in a round pin if avail available. So I would agree with this person that if this girl isn't doing like the groundwork and isn't really building a relationship with her horse from the ground, then you're already kind of feeding the recipe for a mess. Um, if this horse is already has really low confidence and then this person's getting on her and they don't know each other, she hasn't bonded with this horse, she hasn't spent any time with this horse, you know, a low confidence rider and a low confidence horse are not going to make a good mix. So she really should be. If she just brought this horse home and started riding it right away and didn't take that time to actually develop a relationship with the horse, that's only going to make the matters worse. Um, it's all about trust. You are new to the horse. The horse is new to you. You're getting to know each other, do fun stuff together, hang out, bond. Um, let's see. Trust takes time. Six weeks is not much time. Just grooming will build trust. So, yeah, people really kind of have the right idea. Somebody did comment in here suggesting that the person that sold her lied. Well, like I said earlier, 
just because they advertised her as well-trained doesn't necessarily mean they lied. (laughs) I'd have to see the sale ad of this horse, but just because they say she's well-trained and she can ride all these different disciplines doesn't mean that they lied. Just because a horse is well-trained, it doesn't make them easy to ride. That doesn't make them beginner friendly. So, I mean, if they advertise this horse as beginner friendly, etc., and she's obviously not, then that would, you know, rub me the wrong way. But if all they said with this horse is well-trained and has ridden these several different disciplines, then I'm not going to consider that a lie per se. Um, it all kind of depends on the variables. Um, I have been, I am a victim of people lying to me about horses that I've bought. Don't think I'm not. I have bought three different horses that have been, um, falsely advertised. So I know how that goes and it definitely sucks, but you know, don't lose faith. Halflingers are slow to trust. Be patient. Six weeks is no time at all. The best advice I ever got about horses is to think in years, not months, and certainly not weeks. Um, Somebody did ask in here, I saw why she spooked at the mounting block. And the original poster says she spooked or she bolted as soon as she threw her leg over. And there was a question of if this horse has ever been mounted by a block before. And I can totally see how a horse would be uncomfortable or maybe a little skittish if they're just starting to be mounted from a block. But this horse is 10 years old. I would think if she was well-trained that she would be able to handle, you know, being mounted from a block. But I also wonder, like, how good is this girl's trainer? Because she says she has a trainer or a coach. And so just by getting on the horse, I would think her trainer would be able to see the problem or see what's going on and be able to help her through that. But, yeah, I just find it weird that this horse has bolted both times when she's trying to get on and her coach isn't helping her through that. Because that seems like a very entry-level, very basic thing. Um, You know, just getting on the horse. Why is the horse spooking at the block? Um, Yeah, I'm not really sure what the situation is there. But it seems like this girl has a lot of support. She got a lot of good advice in the comments. A lot of people are saying the same thing, that it takes a while for them to settle in. Six weeks isn't that long. Keep, you know, spending time with this horse. Don't just give up on her because you're in a rough patch. And getting a new horse is hard. Like, it is hard to adjust to every horse. Me, being somebody that owns a ridiculous amount of horses for myself, I know that it is tough to get to know every everyone's personalities. Um, it definitely, it takes time to like, to figure out every horse's personality and every horse's corks and every horse's um, mood during the day. I mean, I've owned my horse Sugar for so long that I can jump on her anytime, anywhere, and we have each other figured out. But me and Oakley, you know, I've had Oakley a year this month. We're still trying to figure each other out. Me and Hazel for sure are still trying to figure each other out. And me and Mesa are going to go through the same thing where we have to kind of learn each other's habits, learn each other's attitude, and kind of figure out how to work together so that we can create a good you know, team effort there. So six weeks, that's a really short amount of time to, you know, work with a horse that you're going to own for a long time, or you plan to own for a long period of time. 
especially one that's already been broke. She's already broke. She was already used to somebody else's habits, somebody else's attitude, somebody else's um, mindset. And now she has to figure out what yours is on top of adjusting to a new barn and a new herd and a new stall and a new arena and arenas. Let me tell you one thing is that I find a lot of horses have to adjust to a new arena um, more so than like riding outside or riding on the trail because arenas are these big, huge buildings that we're in. Some of them have windows. Some of them don't. Some of them have a low ceiling. Some of them have rafters. Some of them are really high up, which creates like an echo, like a loud, just a louder effect. You can hear the birds on the roof and stuff like that. Um, some of them are like insulated and they don't echo very much and some of them aren't. So arenas are all very different and I find that my horses have to kind of adjust and figure out each one. So indoors, that is, not outdoors obviously, but anywho, I thought those were a couple of good posts to insight and wrap in the new year. So anywho, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode because I've been talking for long enough now. But like I said earlier, I hope you guys have been enjoying the new year season. Let me know down below in the comments if you guys have any resolutions or goals that you want to aim for this riding season um, and kind of, you know, what you're looking forward to for the 2023 season. So Anyways, I think that's all I got for today. Before you go, make sure to check out the description box where you can find my Buy Me A Coffee, where you can donate to Buy Me A Coffee and help improve this channel, improve the podcast, help with the horses. Um, you can find my TikTok and my other social medias down there, my other channel. I've been uploading a lot on my MT Daily channel this summer of my furniture flips. I've been doing that this summer, and that's been really fun. But anyway... I'm going to jump off here now because I actually have to go out and do chores here in a little bit. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you think down below and I'll see you next week. Bye.